You know, someone said to me not too long ago, I don't remember who, and this is going to bite me later because it was in a, a comments section or something, but someone said that what we do is almost like a Let's Play of Creepypasta. Uh, yeah, in a way. Or it's, they, I, they, I don't they think it's... I don't think it's a strange thing to say that. No, I don't think. I actually, I, I thought it was quite, quite a compliment because uh, it's like you know, good let's plays are the kind that you just like enjoy listening to the people banter. It's not so much about what the people uh, playing the game are doing. I mean, some people really care about what's happening in the game, but it's mostly about two people just like shooting the shit, you know, while they're playing a video game. That's why uh, Game Grumps is so successful, and you know, uh, video games awesome. People like that, you know. Well, I love. Uh... The best friends I bought through those guys, oh, and yeah. I and I can listen to them talk about something that I don't even know about, and I'm still entertained. Well, it's definitely the personality that they bring to the table, you know. Yeah, and seeing how they approach things is also interesting, but mostly, yeah, just the, it, you get this parasympathetic relationship with these people that you don't even know, <laughs> so they feel like you're they're your friends, mm-hmm. even though these people don't even know who the fuck you are. It's interesting because you see people talk, leaving comments with these people like, you guys actually like made my make my day better. And it's like, you wonder sometimes, it's like, you come back and you're, you know, from school or whatever. Usually I imagine these comments are left by, uh, I mean, not to like generalize, but people who are maybe younger, younger than us. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll get on and they'll be like, oh, fuck, school, high school, it sucks. And they'll get on and there's their two goofy friends playing a video game and lolling at each other. And there's... I don't know if there's a little bit of envy there, but uh, maybe there is for some people, but it's like, that's nice. It's like sort of that residual, like, just, it's almost like listening to two people you know in another room just goofing off and then, like, having a private smile, you know? Yeah, and I don't think it's really all that strange or pathetic to feel that way, because no. I, I, I have plenty of real-life friends and everything, but it doesn't hurt to have these kind of things where... It's almost like you have friends and then you don't have responsibilities. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I can be around these friends with my pants off. <laughs> I can unwind around these friends and just let them entertain me. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I, when I say that, when I say those things earlier, I don't mean to sound, I don't mean to be uh, condescending to anyone too. Cause like, I know how that can be as well. So someone will misconstrue it. Someone don't will, worry. It's the internet. Someone will misconstrue it. I'm just putting that out there. I don't. I don't mean it to be condescending. It's just. It's just something I've observed. So uh, maybe for some of you out there, we're that equivalent. And if that's so, hey guys, we love you. We do. That's, we do. That that would be cool if there are people out there that feel that way. You mean about us? Yeah. That love us and want to take us home. Maybe not that far. At least that just enjoy what we do and enjoy listening to us to that degree. Uh, I had to take it there, and I apologize for that. So uh, for friends, uh, new and old alike, uh, hey, everybody. David King here, and uh, I am the host of the Undercooked Analysis podcast. With me, as always, is my uh, stalwart companion, Dead Palette. Hello. And uh, tonight we are going to dive right into a story that I'm only kind of familiar with. I remember reading it uh, a little bit when maybe it first hit the uh, it first hit the net. But this was a while before I even really got into uh, Creepypasta properly, so I have some vague recollections of this. Or maybe it was... Or no, no, no. Let's, let's see. Looking at the date, it was published, at least on creepypasta.com. Uh, this was one I found 
early in my creepypasta run, but like sort of chalked up as, uh, oh, okay, maybe I'll get to this later, and I never did. Yeah, I, I think that it was probably around before it was published here. Probably. Uh, to, to keep Not to keep people in the dark, the story we're covering tonight is called String Theory. Uh, yeah, and before I read this one, uh, I read this one around the time that it first hit the scene, and I saw the title, and I figured it was going to be one of those things like um, uh, the Russian sleep experiment or <laughs> uh, Gateway to the Mind. I thought it was going to be one of those really uh, pretentious scientific creepypastas, because <laughs> string theory... <laughs> But it turns out that string theory is just sort of a goofy name for what this actually is. Yeah, uh, I, re I recall that part as well. I know uh, I read far enough to get a sense of what the name actually implies. But uh, again, a lot of the greater details elude me. I think I skimmed it because I was trying to find... I, I, it's gotten to a point in my, my uh, career doing Midnight Marinara, and I say career in very loose terms, that uh, I will find pasta and just skim through them and see, okay... Does this look interesting? And how much dialogue does it have? Because if it's all first person, close first person with no other characters, I probably can't do it. <laughs> no yeah, matter just, how many, no matter how many people love that story. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have a fun time doing Ben Drowned if you ever do that. Oh shit! Well, I am not going to do Ben Drowned. I mean, I, there's a reason there was an April Fool's joke I did that involved Ben Drowned. I cannot fucking do Ben Drowned. What I'm saying is, if you see that there is an uh, Midnight Marinara of Ben Drowned, you're being had. <laughs> Viewer, listener, Viewers. person. Yeah. It just depends on if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this via podcast. And really, you're not really watching it on YouTube. You're just listening to it in the background, hopefully while you're doing something else. That's yes, usually what I else. do with the best podcasts, is I just put them on while I'm working. Yeah, that's what I do when I'm listening to Undercooked Analysis, is I just play... Uh, an online game like Fistful of Frags. Oh my god, that game is so good. <laughs> it's it's amazing to have a video game that isn't trying to be realistic, that is trying to be a old western shooter with old western shooter mechanics. It's really fun. That's and so that's what I do in the background. So every time I'm listening to Underkicked Analysis, there's just like gunfire mixed in. <laughs> I'm usually sweeping a floor or something. Or uh, or logging checks or something like I, I do really deliberately uh, listen to these at work. So um, anyway, um, should we get into this one? Yeah, I guess we should. Although I wanted to point something out that just dawned on me. I think you you are more of a creepypasta veteran than even I am because like I only got into this maybe uh, shortly, like really properly got into this only a few months before I uh, kicked off uh, Midnight Marinara for the first time. Oh really? Yeah, I'm I'm being secrets about me here. I'm not a real creepy pasta fan. Oh, <laughs> it's not true actually. I just I I just I'm a I'm a latecomer to the whole scene. Yeah. So, how does that relate to this? I don't know. It's just I was looking at the oh. date and realizing, wow, I'm I'm still pretty much a noob when it comes to this because like I only really started delving into creepy pasta in um. I guess maybe late 2012. Well, uh, it, it wasn't really all that accessible to people who weren't Chan users and stuff and, and like things like 4chan and those anonymous message boards. And I really didn't 
care for those kinds of things. Uh, right. I didn't have any grudge against them. I, it, it just wasn't a place that I haunted. I and so I always had to, kind of, like, it, it would filter its way out of those sites, and that's the stuff that I saw. Mm-hmm. And it usually tended to be the good stuff. There usually wasn't, um, in the early days, the, the Jeff the Killers and kind of stuff that made it off that website. Mm-hmm. Those were just kind of jokes that floated around there. <laughs> and it was only the micro pastas that really made it out. Right. And, and now that it's um, moved to Reddit and like the no sleep board. And that's where it really happens now. Mm-hmm. I still don't fucking care to go hunt them down myself. <laughs> fuck Reddit and <laughs> fuck 4chan. I don't really care about those sites. Well, we are going to get, uh, we're going to get uh, docked so hard as a result. of this. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> But they even, don't care about us. No, nah, they don't. I, you know who really cares about us? Leave a leave a comment if you care about us, okay, friends? Yeah. Okay, good. So let's go ahead and do string theory. Um, uh, I'll kick it off if you want me to. Yeah, you do it. Let's do this proper pop popcorn style. So paragraph by paragraph this time. Okay. Um, have you ever had an experience that suggested someone else was in your house and just thought? I don't want to know, and left it. Sometimes, fear of the unknown seems just like the preferable option then, rather than face a real concrete danger. Normally it's nothing, though. One time, the beeper function on my wireless house phone went off when I was the only one home. It could have... It could only be called from the living room. Another time, I swear that someone took some change from my desk. They're all probably slightly disconcerting tricks of the memory. Uh, before we go to the next one, I just want to say I really like how blasé this opens. I actually really like this opening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talked about this last time, is uh, how many different ways can you say, I know this sounds weird, guys, but blah, blah, blah. And this is unique enough. I wouldn't say it's spectacular, but it's unique enough. No, I just like it because I think it gives a sense of the kind of personality of our of our narrator, and mm-hmm. I like that. Like like you said, it's the way it's the way it's being said is like kind of lulling me in a sense of oh cool. Well, you're you're kind of you know not d- diving into the cliches right away of like the no okay this is weird but I swear and then it's just like yeah you know how sometimes weird things happen yeah you know how that thing is you know yeah I like it um, okay. But what would you do when something truly suggestive happens? Oh, would you run or just ignore it like I did? Last Monday was a normal day. I got up, brushed my teeth, changed into my school clothes, all little parts of my morning ritual. It seemed like it would be another totally unnoteworthy day. Until I saw the strings. Now I'm a believer. (laughs) There were three or four thick twine strings in my room. They crisscrossed between the walls around my bed, one attached to the door. No way would I have missed them before. I should have tripped on them. They were tied to pins in the walls, which had also not existed before ten seconds ago. Nobody could have been in my room while I was in it, let alone set this up. It was early and my brain wasn't processing correctly. I simply discredited the sight untied the strings and left for school, leaving them balled up on my desk. Mm. 
It didn't get any better later. Outside my house, there were hundreds of them, tied between houses, around cars, across streets. This had to be some super elaborate prank. One of those hidden camera shows, or a comedy improv blog. They had gotten everyone else to play along, too. Passerbys were tangled in them, tying them to objects that they were walking towards and away from, as if they were they had been and were continuing to follow the course laid out for them. I nervously continued on, uh, continued my journey to school on the bus. Every, every except me was tied to the door. Mm, a little bit of an air there. Mm-hmm. At school, groups of friends were tied to each other. Teachers were tied to their desks and boards. Oddly enough, at this point, all I could wonder was why I had been left out. This is really weird. <laughs> Yeah, a little weird. Um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to okay. I'm trying to get the imagery in my head. So did how did 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 people just blink and went and all of a sudden they were tied to stuff? That's the thing I'm. Well, if you don't remember, you'll you'll see soon enough where this is going. But uh, there's yeah. some nice foreshadowing here of starting to set up the mechanics of this story, which are friends being tied to each other, the teachers being tied to their uh, boards and desks and things like this. And uh, I can I can already kind of see the story that was inspiring this one, and it's a very well known movie. And I won't you know spoil where this inspiration came from just yet, but I think it's a pretty concrete link between a certain movie and this story. Okay. That said, um, thus far, I think that this is all pretty. Uh, believable in how you would explain this problem. Oh, yeah. Because if, if you were witnessing this kind of event, you probably wouldn't front load it and tell people. You probably would think, if I just come out and say what's going on, people are going to think I'm crazy. Yeah. So he's kind of just hitting the plot points as he needs to to get you to where the story actually has its rising action, which <laughs> starts w- right after right here when we're the stuff we're about to read yeah all right this is gonna be this is i mean here's the thing it's it's definitely it's definitely weird enough and intriguing enough that i i want to keep reading so um we'll press on uh, I, I would say real quick though it's it's again more in the strange fiction spectrum part of the creepypasta spectrum yeah it, and and i think in time that will be bore out as well that this isn't really about uh, scaring people in in its creepiness isn't even the primary thing. It's here's this weird little world. Mm-hmm. I, I have a point I want to make about that, but I'll save that till the end. Maybe when we get a bigger picture of what's going on. All right. Um, when my friend Lucy sat beside me in first period, she simply plonked her bag down on my lap and rested her chin in her hand, looking right past me to the window outside. Hey, Lucy. No response. Come on, I didn't expect you to be on this, too. She sighed and started taking books from her bag. All the books were tied to her hands. I grinned and yanked one of the strings off a book. She didn't seem to notice, instead simply disregarding the book completely, letting it drop to the floor without a moment's hesitation. Um, I leaned down, picking up her book and placing it back on her desk. She took no notice. Well, if that's how we're going to play it. I smiled, trying to look playful, but really just trying to hide my nervousness. I bundled all the strings attached to her together with one hand, then pulled them all free. 
She, she blinked, turning to stare at me. Holy crap, Martin. You, you're like a ninja or something. I've been sitting here for maybe ten minutes, I smiled again, relieved my friend had finally noticed me. Where, where did all these strings come from? She gasped. She gasped. Oh, that's a hard word to say. She gasped, <laughs> seemingly noticing for the first time. I assumed you were all fucking with me. She stood up, backing into a corner. No one else in the class noticed. The, they weren't here just a minute ago. Do you see them too? Her tone made it clear that she was genuinely scared. Uh, real quick, we should, since we're popcorning this, we're going back and forth between who's what character and everything. Oh, yeah. So that might be a little confusing. Uh, but essentially, you know, she uh, he pulled the strings, Martin pulled the strings off of her uh, body, and then all of a sudden she's noticing the strings too. Yeah. and that's, So that's that what's is, happening. That's giving us a little bit more clarity, and I like that. It's interesting. Uh, no, didn't you? I was interrupted by my teacher slamming the door behind her. Everyone except me and Lucy murmured a good morning, and still no one seemed to pay either of us any notice. People have been ignoring me all day, I said to Lucy before turning to her teacher. Hey, dumb bitch, you can't teach for shit. No reaction. I'm getting away from all this shit. Lucy pulled a few strings aside and left the class. I followed, and surprise, surprise... No one noticed. We wandered the corridors, leaving and entering classes as we saw fit. Whenever we untied a chair or a book from someone else, it was like it suddenly didn't matter to them. It didn't exist. I showed her the street outside. There were more strings than when I came in this morning, twice as many. We carefully picked our way through the tangle, making our way to a nearby coffee shop. Not particularly grand, I know. But what would you do in our situation? As I said, fear of the unknown sometimes seems like the safer option. On a few occasions, I suggested we untie a few more people. Lucy was opposed to it, remembering how terrified she'd been. Uh, should we just read one more and then talk about it? Yeah. Now I'm having. A, I'm wondering if this is a, a formatting thing, but I almost wonder if these two, this this block paragraph here is actually supposed to be two paragraphs, and they're just there's no space between them. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, but in the you, coffee, yeah, go ahead. In the coffee shop, we grabbed a couple of sandwiches and drinks from the fridge. We found a table, untied all the strings to the chairs, and sat down. That's a good little bit. <laughs> we both ate in silence. Both of us too scared. Both of us distracting ourselves by watching the strangers in the shop, obviously, uh, to the strings. That's a little bit of an odd sentence. Obliv oblivious to the strings. Oh, oblivious. Mm, there we go. Mm -hmm. I'm literate. <laughs> after 20 <laughs> minutes... me. <laughs> after 20 minutes, Lucy spoke. Now, she's going to have to take that sandwich, she said, pointing at a woman across the shop. Sure enough, we walked to the fridge and took the... Surely enough, she walked to the fridge and took the plastic wrap, wrap sandwich she, tied, uh, she was tied to. She pays for it and leaves. She did so. According to the prophecies of the strings, that guy doesn't intend to pay. I watched as a man took coffee and ran out of the store, the two servers just looking too exasperated to go after him. Mm. So, we're starting to get an idea of, of what the mechanics are, and it's that these strings are the connections that people have to 
other objects and people in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and once those and once those strings are 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 on are severed or cut or untied, then the, suddenly that object doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, and I think that a pretty clear inspiration from this, and and maybe this idea has been floating around before this too, is uh, the movie Donnie Darko, a thoroughly overrated movie. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. There's a part where uh, characters have like these uh, weird, like liquid, stringy things coming out of their fronts, and they they lead to whatever's on their mind, whatever it is that they want. And so it's basically the same sort of mechanic that's going on here, mm-hmm. although here it's being explored uh, in more detail. And yeah. We're, and we're getting a better idea of what a world would look like if you could see all of these strings. <laughs> and I think that that's, that's a genuinely interesting image. I will say that they're kind, the author kind of wants you to be scared when maybe you don't need to be scared no i'm I'm still not really scared i'm just like uh, like again this is one of those rare times I, on this show where i'm coming into a story kind of blind and um uh so far it's like i'm not scared i'm just weirded out and i like it i like i really want to see where this is going this is definitely still just kind of in strange territory yeah i'm i'm kind of struggling to think how I would react in that situation if I would be um, as upset as Lucy is. Because it seems that our narrator isn't as freaked out as she is. Yeah, again, she he seems pretty, he seems pretty chill. Because I think in that position, I would be... I don't think I would be scared. I think I would be feeling weird. I would yeah. definitely have this surreal feeling of like, wow, this is really what reality is right now. But I don't know that I would be all that upset. It would be dreamlike, I would think, you know? Mm-hmm. It would be, It would be. I think I would be so enthralled by how interesting everything is that I wouldn't have time to be creeped out. Yeah, definitely. You know, the more this goes on, the more I'm realizing this would actually make a good Midnight Marinara episode, potentially. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that a lot of the episodes that you've done are more on that strange fiction aspect too, like um, uh, when God blinked, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite ones. I really like that story. It's like, well, that's that's fucking weird, mm-hmm. and and the ominousness of it kind of is slowly built to, and it's not even really the the key factor that makes the story successful. Well, that's kind of... The, you got to understand. I mean, some people will say, like, you know, oh, this this episode wasn't that scary, and I go, well, everybody's got their own definitions for scary. This kind of stories I, wa- I like to tell on Midnight Marinara are the ones that engage me and slowly build to something that's kind of an oh shit. It doesn't even have to necessarily do that. Uh, we... the As of this recording, the last one I actually did was uh, was White Christmas, and the horror aspect of that is more just you're kind of slowly realizing um, that this place that's covered in snow is a tropical climate and that the whole world is covered and that I, I love that aspect and that just helps frame the whole story. Yeah, and not commenting on how it ends because if you haven't heard it yet, we don't really want to spoil that. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's more about the sadness, really. That yeah. Story is. It's a very and... melancholy story. And the main character really trying to find something to live for. Mm-hmm. He's kind of desperate for something to live for. Makes it a good holiday episode. <laughs> <laughs> it it, it kind of reminds me of um, of 
Joel from uh, The Last of Us, um, where he's just like, I just gotta save this girl, even though I didn't care about her before, now I have something to live for, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna go for that. But yeah, should we uh, press on with this one, or do you have something else to say Let, on it? Let's keep going. I'm okay. I'm I'm genuinely I'm genuinely digging this. I wish I would have given it more time before. Uh, all right. This is horrible. She whispered. Let's go, please. Outside wasn't much better. Everyone just followed the string's instructions, going about their daily lives. Lucy announced that she was going home to sleep this off, and I agreed to walk her home. She only lived ten minutes away. <laughs> Sleep it off. Maybe, maybe if I, maybe this is just a bad trip. That, I mean, that's what I would, I would consider that. That's mm. a, a believable thing that you would do in that scenario. I think. Oh no! Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see. Um, away from the busier part of town, there were fewer strings. It was nicer. We could pretend it wasn't happening. When we turned onto Lucy's street, she stopped. Her mouth falling open. What now? I broke. Um, I broke the silence. My voice sounding surprisingly small. Look, she pointed outside one of her neighbor's houses. I saw it clearly, and I'll take my memory of that moment till the day I die. A little dark imp, maybe three feet tall, walking along with its knuckles on the ground, almost like a monkey. It had two bulbous yellow eyes, taking up about half its face and no mouth or any other facial features. It was holding a hammer and a ball of twine, which it was letting out behind it. Ooh, it's a gremlin. (laughs) Yeah, and I think we already have a pretty good image. Um, It walked quickly and quietly from the front door of the the house to the mailbox. It stopped, hammering a nail into the side of the box, and tied its string around it. It It turned to face us, and stopped when it spotted us. My bottom fell out even further than it had already been, but it just stared with one with a look of surprise and curiosity. You could almost say it was the more frightened one. Suddenly, it beckoned us with its tiny hand. Oh. Uh, well, I'm not sure what we mean here by this sentence. My bottom fell out further than it already had. Was there something that I missed earlier? I don't know. Like, I... I think he means, like, the bottom of his jaw dropping? Well, I, I think sometimes I, they say, like, my... I think that's just a, it's a, it's a more archaic, not archaic. You don't hear that one used a lot of time. Like the, the bottom was pulled out or my bottom fell out under me or something like that. Maybe a little strange. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's just us. Yeah. Uh, but also I like that the idea of this thing is more frightened of us than we are of it. It's a, uh, it's a tried and true uh, statement. It's a, it's a cliche, but I think it's worded here differently enough mm-hmm. and mm, I, i'm failing to describe why i like this here no no I, I i like it too but i think it does work i kind if of someone in the comments can explain why i like this and why it's not a cliche <laughs> please do because I'm, I'm failing for words right now i'll tell you why i like it why because again the narrator's reaction is not fear it's just what the fuck yeah yeah <laughs> I, you know, the thing is, the way this imp thing is described, it's not really that scary. It's just weird. And I actually really like this image, the way this, this little creature is described. I mean, we get so many creepypasta all the time with, like, the pale, emaciated, you know, needle-clawed monster. 
it's kind of nice to just have an imp thing with big golf ball yellow eyes and no other facial features. Yeah, and there's not a power fantasy related to this one either. So there's no, that. that's true. Plus, I uh, just like how it's it's diligently walking along with a hammer and a ball of yarn. Yeah, uh, let's press on because I think you're going to like where this goes. Okay, uh, I think you have the next one. Suddenly, back into us with this tiny hand. Okay, I looked at Lucy. She hadn't moved. I looked back at the imp, which stared at me. It halved the distance between us, then halved it again. This wasn't the fear of the unknown anymore. It was the fear of this little guy. He didn't seem like anything to be scared of when I was uh, a meter away from it. It extended its hand. Are we in England? Or I think uh, Canada, maybe. I think we are. Well, I noticed the way... I'm noticing the U. I'm definitely noticing the U in different spellings of things. Like when I saw Neighbor... There was that, that English U. <laughs> yeah, so it probably is English then. Yeah. Oh, man, now this is all of a sudden, it's like, I'm I'm visualizing this in England, and all of my thoughts are, like, really racistly different than they were before. <laughs> oh, uh, what... Great. You know, it's it's it doesn't feel... I mean, the thing is, this could be anywhere still. It doesn't, like, the context doesn't set itself to feel, like, particularly English yet. Yeah, except I mean, for really, the using metric, which, if I had things my way, we would all be using metric. But you know, yeah, it's it's silly, but America's never going to change it. No, ever. Uh, if there's if there's a presidential candidate who's like, we're converting to metric, they are like banned from running for president. Oh jeez, <laughs> you know what's going to happen? It's yeah. like no, yeah, not in my country. Jesus. Pull it like the black person, but never are we going to use the metric system. Um, <laughs> uh, hi. I shook it. It nodded in approval, blinking its massive yellow eyes up at me. Oh, it's like they're just like it's it's seriously just like they're meeting Gizmo. Yeah, it's just it's um it's a really little endearing creature. Yeah. Um. So you're the one in charge of the strings. It nodded eagerly. I called Lucy over. But she stayed where she was. There are more of you? Another nod. I wanted to ask it so many questions about what it was and where it came from, but it seemed for now I was stuck with only yes or no questions. D why does this question come out? Of why is this the next question it asks? He asks. Um, I, I don't know. I like this question. Do we even have free will? <laughs> I don't know, it just seems like... Well, I guess because of what they've been observing about the strings all day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's heavy-handed, but I think that it's been built up too legitimately. Yeah. Because that, that, that would be the question I had, yeah. is what are you, and do we have free will? If, what... if are there more of you didn't answer my question, then do we have free will would be the next thing. Oh, I'll yeah, because it's a, it's a yes or no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like... It, I don't know. I just feel like it would have been fun if it had at, he had asked a couple other questions and then gotten to that. But I could. It's fine. It's it. You're, I'm basically with you. It's a little heavy handed, but it's like it's it's fine. I can yeah, and again, it. we're we're going for short form story here, so yeah. Uh, it just looked at me almost sadly. I immediately felt sick to my stomach and couldn't bear looking at the little monster anymore. I grabbed Lucy, who was who had been listening to our exchange, and now sat on the curb with her head in her hands. 
Come on. We entered her house and I made her a cup of tea. Okay, this is English. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm drinking. I'm drinking tea right now. Yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. I love tea. I'm just. I'm just being. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had tea from the baby bottle. Nice. <laughs> That's how long I've been a tea drinker. There you go. Tea is more of a recent development for me. I blame uh, one of my good friends uh, of 10 years who got me to drink tea more often. Uh, when I found her in the living room, she had untied her dog and was curled up with it, crying. I set the tea down and sat beside her. I'm so scared, she whispered after a good 10 minutes of sobbing. It didn't answer. Uh, I didn't answer. I couldn't. I'm going to sleep. She mumbled suddenly, and was under within the minute. Sleep was starting to sound pretty good all of a sudden. My eyelids suddenly felt like they were being weighed down. The little imp creature was at the door to my bedroom when I was sleeping. It had a knife in its hand. <laughs> it whispered, go to sleep. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's a different little imp creature. <laughs> uh, uh. I collapsed to the rug. The last thing I heard before I fell asleep was the scurrying of several sets of little feet nearby. Oh, that that's kind of spooky. I felt much better the next day, as if the whole affair had been a dream. I probably have believed that if it hadn't been awoken by Lucy's mother that morning, wondering what I was doing sleeping over without permission or something. <laughs> <laughs> He's still so fucking blasé about everything. I like this guy. Yeah, I mean, you would kind of worry about that too. I mean, if you were if you were sleeping over with a girl and your parents would think that you're having sex with her, you better at least be having sex with her. <laughs> if you're going to endure that awkwardness. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I just like this guy's attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Over breakfast, Lucy asked me why I was so pale and nervous. I turned to her and smiled, mumbling something about feelings uh, uh, to her about feeling sick. But the truth was, I was scared because I couldn't see any strings and was wondering whether my actions were truly my own. Credited to Tesla. Tesla was always better than Edison anyway, so well done, Tesla. <laughs> People in time have just... Th that has been like a thing where every other like important person from American history has just been like... Uh, like bad things would come out about them, but we don't care because we like their inventions. So it's just like, oh, Benjamin Franklin was this and that. It's like, yeah, but Benjamin Franklin was a fucking baller dude. And it's like, Abe Lincoln was this and that. It's like, yeah, but Abe Lincoln was a really cool guy. <laughs> and like Thomas Edison, it's like, oh my God, he did nothing. It was all fucking Tesla. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing to pull Edison out. So just fuck you, Edison. It's Fuck like you, you didn't free you didn't free those fucking slaves. <laughs> Nikola Tesla did. Wait, what? What? Anyway, <laughs> he um, did. He traveled through time with his Tesla coil powered time machine. <laughs> it's it's also just sort of a Hitler th hit, uh, hit Hitler hipster thing to like Tesla. Hitler hipster. Hitler. So, uh, <laughs> man, we're just taking the punch out of the ending of the story, aren't we? We really are, because I I like that. I you know I hmm. I like ruining good stories. Yeah, I like this story. I like the way that it ends. It's um, I like that this person was only given this amount of time to explore this world of the strings, like being unbound, and 
he he isn't given enough time to figure out the mechanics of everything. Right. All he knows is there are these little guys, there are the strings, and I've got really no more information than that. What I what I wonder is why didn't he have strings at the beginning? Why did he wake up with no strings? Yeah, and that's the thing too is I don't I don't feel you really need to explain that all too much. No, because... you, you don't, but it gives it gives a fun lingering question, you know. Oh yeah, and I don't think you, I, I'm sure there are like that. That's one of the things that we have to deal with here is explaining why certain decisions that are good decisions and writing these kinds of stories are bad decisions in other stories. Mm-hmm. This is supposed to be real, and and through having that idea of this is supposed to be real, it's not supposed to be a perfectly crafted story. And so far as that you are writing a good story. Uh, in, in crafting it well, it has to be incidental that it is a well-written story. Mm-hmm. And so this is incidentally a well-written story. Everything that is uh, following the, the sort of like little five-act structure and everything is something that could actually happen. It's not a mistake. It's not dramatic. It's not romantic. It's It's supposed to be flawed. And that's why you can have room for those kinds of errors, mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh, why didn't we get more information on this? Because it's a real fucking story. Yeah, that's exactly. This, that's I'm not saying, and and the point is, I'm not saying any of this is a criticism. I'm just saying when you ask those sort of questions, it's not because you're going, I'm trying to pick the story apart. It's because you just go, we know only about as much as the narrator does, or and uh, and that's a good thing. Yeah, we're we're trying to pick the story apart in a good way. Yeah, we're trying to we we only know so much and whether the author has the bigger picture or not, it's is kind of irrelevant because what we get is a is 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 good and makes you kind of think. Yeah, and so for whatever fluke and we can kind of assume that hey, going back to uh when God blinked, it was just sort of an error that he got unlinked to the strings. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe he needed like the registry cleared out on his strings. Like <laughs> there was just some sort of program that it's like, Hey, let's, we got to disconnect this guy's strings. And then whoever's job it was to reconnect the strings just got lazy. <laughs> I like the idea. And I also, I like the idea that the, the little imp things are not, are not even necessarily scary. They're just, and they almost seem like sympathetic too. Like, the the look like the fact that it almost looks kind of sad. It's like, oh well, I really yeah, hate he, to break it to you. Yeah, he wasn't sad for himself. He was sad for the people unhooked to the strings. It's like, uh, sorry. Yeah, we <laughs> don't didn't... we don't know why they're there or what they're doing, but you get the impression that these guys aren't necessarily threatening. They're just doing their job. Yeah, and they are they are thoroughly sympathetic. I think it's an image that you get in your head. It doesn't take much for you to take this weird little creature that, from by all accounts, I'm sure everyone gets sort of like a little disgusting image in their head of, of what this thing looks like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take much for you to become sympathetic to that creature, and I think that that's a sign that this writer really knows what they're doing. Yeah, and actually the weird thing is the first thing that came to my head it was kind of this kind of almost uh, grotesquely cute kind of creature in a way. Because it's got big golf ball yellow eyes and no mouth, no nose, and it pro- well, those eyes are probably hideously expressive. So, what what are the um, that weird slug thing from Teen Titans uh, that Starfire becomes friends with? Oh yeah, um, oh I can't remember what it's called. 
but I know yeah, exactly this kind, what you're talking about. This kind of reminds me of that. Oh. <laughs> in, in a strange way. Uh, that it's just like this adorably gross-looking thing. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, it's interesting. Or it's like, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else like, I know that I can relate it to. I mean, we did drop a lot of Gremlins references, so. Yeah, and then um, one moment that I really like in this is when they go to sleep, they hear the scurrying of feet, and then they wake up, and they're reconnected to the strings by all accounts. Yeah, as far as and we so, know. Yeah, and uh, it's not really further developed on here, but you kind of get the idea that uh, Lucy and uh, Martin really aren't discussing what they believe to have happened at the breakfast table, mm -hmm. but as soon as they get away from Lucy's parents, they're going to be like, trying to talk about what happened without giving away what had happened without sounding crazy. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Was, was yesterday weird for you? <laughs> did, did, that wasn't all a dream, was it? Cause I'm wondering why we can't see the string. Oh my God. You know what? You guys are going to hear it here first. I'm going to, I'm going to try to adapt this. Yeah. It's, this, it's this, good. Is, this is going to be a midnight marinara someday. But here's the thing, too, is you have all of these bits in here where, uh, considering this doesn't take that long to read, you could probably add more in and take artistic liberties with this and really expand it quite a bit. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, um, that's what, you know, and I try to do that with some of the shorter stories anyway. Um, I mean, um, I added bullshit to <laughs> White Christmas. You, you did, and it was good. Like, um, Fun fact for anyone listening, that whole bit at the end with the Panasonic uh, cassette recorder getting... Oh, wait, that's a spoiler. <laughs> Oops. Okay, that's all I'm saying. You'll know that's it when you, you hear it. That part was ad-libbed, and I actually had to go and get my voice actress to add uh, a line, an extra line in there to work with it. <laughs> but you can know, you know that Thank it's Panasonic. You know that it's Panasonic because <laughs> Fleming effect. <laughs> You oh, know that I wrote that part. Oh, the Fleming effect. You're the best thing ever. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I really like this story. It's well-constructed. It's definitely on the more um, strange fiction side, as I, I mentioned before. It kind of kind of has this, um, what I would call, Santa Claus problem, though, mm -hmm. where with Santa Claus you have uh, this person going across to every house in the world at... at one time, but at the same time, he's lingering in every house long enough to eat cookies and drink milk and be seen by the uh, the the children in the house. Right. I think that you're kind of running into that problem here too. Of uh, this imp is just kind of like stopping and taking his time and just saying hi, and then also there would be there would be so many strings that you wouldn't be able to move. Right. Exactly. If this was real, so you're running into that problem. But it's you can hand wave that it's like negligible, you know. Yeah, you can you can hand wave it um, away in the idea that this could just be them perceiving this thing to have happened and it really didn't. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Or it could be something that is happened to them for reasons of making them appreciate life and making them appreciate the decisions that they are making in their life. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, yeah, you can you can hand wave it away, but I do think it takes a little bit of thinking to hand wave it away. It does, yeah. Anyway, but you're we're not the only people who seem to like this story, considering it's got a nine point one out of ten with uh, seventeen hundred ninety five vo votes. 
uh, cast for it. So, I mean, that, that says a lot about the quality of the story. And um, I do tend to like the more strange fiction creepypasta, personally. So, um, as, as I've said already. So, I, I like this one a lot. Uh, and I appreciate you sort of bringing it back to my attention. Um, and now I want to know, as always... Um, oh, actually, we haven't done this in a while, but I'm going to give this the certified undercooked analysis uh, freshness rating of fresh yeah it's it's a uh, classic for a reason definitely barring the the smell the smelling mistakes spelling mistakes that i think uh don't benefit this there are other places where uh, spelling mistakes will benefit you if your uh character is a shitty writer this this character isn't supposed to be a shitty writer, I don't think. No, I like this character. That's the thing. I just like his attitude that it comes mm-hmm. across in the writing. And uh, the only spelling mistakes I spotted was that weird you. <laughs> well, more more the uh, <laughs> the weird little bit of syntax error here and there. there. It's fine. I mean, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I've had syntax errors come up and stuff before, and it hasn't thrown me off that much. That's the um, secret of why I narrate everything. Ah, so my syntax errors are just me speaking. There you go. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Leave us some feedback. Usually, here's, in- here's the answer. You like it, too. Yeah, you do. And if you don't, well, the strings are telling you you like it. You just don't yes. know it. The strings are telling us we like it. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.